This is Castle Stories, a podcast from Newcastle Castle about the rich history of the North East. Hello and welcome to Castle Stories. I'm your host, David Silk. What exactly did medieval people know about the Earth? Without telescopes, space travel, and other modern contrivances, they were, of course, unaware of our precarious position as one planet among billions hurtling through near-infinite space, tethered to the gravitational pull of a gigantic ball of burning gas. But what did they think about the shape and position of the planet that we call home? An easy question to answer, you might think. The common belief about medieval people is that they, like a fair number of folks today, believed that the Earth was flat. That's why medieval Europeans never left Europe and travelled to America, because they were absolutely convinced that if they sailed too far out of sight of land, they would plummet off the edge of the flat earth and into, well, who knows what. I remember being taught this in school myself. Only brave, resolute Columbus believed that the earth was a sphere, and defying the teachings of the church and the laughter of his fellows, bravely set off to prove it by sailing around the world. There's only one slight flaw in this picture, which is that it's complete rubbish. Before I start badmouthing Columbus, though, let's take a look at what medieval people really did believe about the shape of the world. The easiest way to do this is not to quote the words of medieval scholars, although I will do that too. It's to look at something carried by kings, emperors, and rulers as part of their basic coronation uniform, the orb, usually topped with a cross. Kings carried scepters, which represented power and dominion. And what did the orb represent? Well, what do you think? It represented the earth, which kings and other rulers held absolute power over. They were, after all, representatives of temporal or earthly power and lacked the heavenly rule, which belonged to God or at least the Pope, hence the little cross on the top. So the standard medieval conception of the earth was that it was orb-shaped. This is backed up by the writings of plenty of medieval thinkers. Jarrow's very own Bede, writing in the depths of the so-called Dark Ages around 700 CE, explained this to his students. The reason why the same days are of unequal length is the roundness of the earth, for not without reason is it called the orb of the world, on the pages of holy scripture and of ordinary literature. It is, in fact, a sphere set in the middle of the whole universe. It is not merely circular like a shield or spread out like a wheel, but resembles more a ball, being equally round in all directions. Later in the Middle Ages, influential thinkers like Hildegard of Bingen, Honorius of Otun, Roger Bacon, and many more all take it as given that the Earth is a sphere, and they were aware, as was Bede, of things like climatic zones. So they were aware that the North and south of the globe were colder than the equator, as well as being able to roughly work out the circumference of the earth. Medieval Muslim scholars too were aware of the roundness of the earth. The reason for this widespread agreement in the medieval world was that they were all drawing on the work of ancient Greek and Roman scholars. Plato and Aristotle both taught that the earth was a round ball, and Eratosthenes calculated the circumference in around 240 BCE by measuring the length of shadows cast by an obelisk in different cities at midsummer. Basically, throughout most of Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East, no educated person had believed in a flat Earth since a few centuries BCE. If the Earth was an orb, and not flat, 
how did they think it fitted into the universe at large? Medieval thinkers largely seem to have followed the ideas of Claudius Ptolemy, a Greek African Roman thinker who lived in the 2nd century CE in the city of Alexandria in Egypt. His model of the universe was neatly explained in the 1200s by Michael Scott, another famous medieval scholar from either Scotland, Northumberland, or County Durham. He was so well educated, he gained a reputation as a wizard after his death, but in life, he was a mathematician and all round clever clogs of note. He explained that the universe was like an onion. It had layers. The Earth was at the centre of the universe, of course, and was surrounded by a series of concentric crystal spheres that contained the various heavenly bodies. First came the planets, or moving stars. These included first the Moon, then Mercury, Venus, the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and finally Saturn, the most distant planet visible with the naked eye. The telescope was not invented until the 1600s, after all. Beyond that was the final sphere, which contained the fixed stars, which all moved together in 48 constellations. Above and outside all of this, according to Christian thinkers, was the Empyrean, the final sphere, composed of pure heavenly light where God and the angels dwelt. God served as a sort of prime mover, imparting motion to the stars and planets, and this influence came down from the heavens to earth. This helps explain the medieval belief in, and reliance upon, astrology. It was believed that by observing the stars, you could predict the influence that this motion would have on the earthly sphere. Of course, this was perilously close to second-guessing God, and so astrologers were on somewhat dubious ground with the church. But nonetheless, everyone from doctors to merchants relied on astrology to make decisions about their work and day-to-day -day lives, when to carry out operations, when to start journeys. In all the research I've done for this podcast, I've only been able to find one account of a medieval writer who believed that the world was flat. A cranky Greek merchant, later hermit, with the excellent name Cosmas Indicoplustes. He believed that the world was a flat plane on the bottom of a sort of rectangular box with a curved lid, which was the sky. Although he's often used to point to the idea that medieval people did believe in a flat earth, he was widely regarded in his own time as a total crank and is the only writer from the period who proposed the idea of a flat earth at all. Even with his model, though, he still couldn't have sailed over the edge. So, if medieval people didn't believe the earth was flat, where does the myth come from in the first place? Why do we imagine that medieval sailors were terrified of plummeting off the edge of the earth? There are a few theories about this, but it seems to begin in the 16th century, when Protestant scholars sought to dismiss the Catholic Church as backwards-looking. This also played into ideas during the Renaissance that the centuries before had been a dark age, devoid of learning compared to ancient Greece and Rome. People were encouraged to think of people in the Middle Ages as backwards and ignorant, and the idea that they believed the earth was flat played into this. In the 19th century, during the conflict between the church and scientists who promoted Darwin's theory of evolution, this story became a popular way of attacking the church as being opposed to scientific progress and the story became firmly fixed in the popular imagination. But perhaps no one person is more responsible for the spread of this myth than one Washington Irving, the author of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle. In 1828, he published a popular biography of Christopher Columbus, which created the story of Columbus since taught in most schools. 
We all probably know the story. In 1492, a brave mariner called Columbus proposed that the Earth was round rather than flat, and that he could sail around the world to get to India, but accidentally discovered the American continents instead. Of course, he was laughed at by his contemporaries, but boldly sailed off and proved them all wrong. Except, of course, we have established that this story is a load of rubbish. Medieval people knew the world was an orb. They knew that you could, in theory, sail all the way around the world. What was the real story of Columbus's voyage then? Basically, he disagreed with the common calculations made by medieval scholars about the circumference of the Earth. He thought it was about a third smaller than they did, and that he could provision a ship and sail round the world to India without starving to death en route. The fact of the matter is that Columbus was, of course, totally wrong. Medieval scholars' calculations were remarkably close to the actual size of the Earth, and if Columbus hadn't accidentally bumped into the West Indies, part of a continent that they didn't know existed, he and his crew would have died in the open ocean long before they had arrived in India. Not that you could tell Columbus that, who, as well as being an incompetent scholar, also seems to have been titanically arrogant, as he insisted that the continent that he discovered was India until the end of his life. For the people whose homes he did discover, it might have been better off for them if he had just sailed off the edge of the earth, quite frankly, but there we go. As for actual belief in a flat earth, that weirdly seems to have come about in the 1800s, and is heavily linked with the rise of biblical literalism or fundamentalism. To put it very basically, when Darwinists started attacking some religious people by claiming that they believed that the earth was flat, some of them took it kind of literally, and did start believing in a flat earth. Samuel Robotham wrote a pamphlet and later a book in the middle of the 1800s setting out his idea that the Earth is a flat disk, centred on the North Pole and surrounded by a wall of ice, with the planets and other bodies like the Sun and Moon orbiting a few thousand miles above the Earth. His ideas were taken up by a few fringe churches in America, as well as his native Britain, and have actually proliferated into the modern day. The classic flat earth view that you might find on YouTube is pretty much the same as Robotham's, with a wall of ice in place of the Antarctic. But the rise of the internet has allowed this type of pseudoscience and misinformation to spread like never before. In 2020, Mike Hughes, an Australian daredevil, accidentally killed himself in a homemade steam-powered rocket trying to prove that the earth was flat. It's impossible to tell how many people really believe in a flat earth, of course. Even many people who profess to believe it are doing it more as a contrarian stance than out of a serious conviction that the earth is flat. Although social scientists who have interviewed flat earthers do report that the majority seem to really believe it. Still, it is a minority viewpoint, needless to say. There is an annual flat earth conference which attracts around 600 people. But the fact that they're all over the place on the internet can make their voices seem rather louder than they might otherwise be. So, the next time someone points to a belief in a flat earth and calls it medieval, you can freely point out that more people today believe that the earth is flat than ever did in the Middle Ages, despite what wacky ideas they may have had about crystal spheres. I'll also get in before all the pedants and say that, yeah, technically the earth isn't a sphere at all. It's an oblate spheroid flattened at the top and bottom because of gravity, which good old Isaac Newton was the first to realise in the 1600s. Next time, I'm hoping to have George Blair come and join me to talk about medieval booze and brewing. So that gives you something to look forward to next time. Castle Stories is a Newcastle Castle production. This week's host was David Silk. You can find out more about Castle Stories and about Newcastle Castle 
at newcastlecastle.co.uk.